it doesn't need to be as structured as we think you know if you don't like going to the gym don't go to the gym but dance or even if dancing around your kitchen or whatever it is that makes you happy just find that form and and do it welcome to the 40 fit and fabulous podcast Join your host, Mark Slight, as he gets the best information, inspiration, help, and advice from the world's best athletes, performance coaches, and health experts so that you can look, move, and feel your best at 40 and beyond. Remember, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Mark Slight. Hello and welcome back to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. This is episode number 33 and the final part this week with Kirsten Davis from The Food Remedy. If you've listened to parts one and two, you know that it's been a real mix this week of uh, really serious chat. Kirsten's shared some some fantastic insights into, into her life and how she's got to where she is, but we've also had a really good laugh as well. And, and that's exactly what's going to happen today. A bit of a 50-50 podcast, some, some good fun times in this one, but also some very serious chat as well. We're going to find out why your goal should always be your health and never your weight. One thing Kirsten says is your weight is not your worth, and we're going to find out exactly what she means by that, but, but listen to it because she's absolutely spot on in what she says. We're going to look a little bit about diets as well. We're going to find out the diets that Kirsten has tried over the years. She says she's tried them all, so let's find out what she's actually tried. What also Kirsten does for exercise, um, I'll give you a hint, there's a lot of 80s fitness DVDs in there for this one. Um, also on the subject of exercise, why as a PT I don't look very good in leggings and a crop top, that's going to come up as well. And what's the biggest thing that Kirsten has manifested in her life? It's something we've talked about on a few podcasts now, manifestations, um, and Kirsten's going to explain exactly how that has worked for her a few times in her life. So again, I don't want to spoil it too much, and we're going to go straight into the into the chat and into part three with Kirsten, but please stick around afterwards, because it's something really important to say myself after this episode. So go and grab yourself that cup of tea, find yourself 30 minutes, sit back, relax, and listen to Kirsten as she takes us on the final part of her journey this week. This is part three with Kirsten Davis. Hey Kirsten, welcome back. Part three. Da, 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 da. Thank you. You said, you said you could talk a bit, didn't you? I can. It's true. That's good. That's good. I love it. And and I always think that if I love it and I'm sitting here and I'm getting great value from it, then I know everyone else is as well. So it's brilliant. It's great to have you back. Um, women's weight loss. Now we've talked before about working with women and working with men and, and differences mm-hmm. between them, but women tie their weight loss to their self worth, don't they? You must. You must get that a lot. Yes. Okay. What, why, why should we not be doing Well, I say we, why should women particularly not be doing that? Oh, I really believe that your weight is not your worth. And I believe this because for so long, I believed my weight was my worth. I did spend most of my teenage years dieting, most of my early twenties dieting. I could write a book on all the diets I've done. I've done everything from, you know, I've even taken weight loss pills. When I was in Australia, I managed to get them from a GP out there. Um, I couldn't sleep. I didn't need to eat because they literally killed everything. Um, was I healthy? Absolutely not. And I think that's a shift in perception, isn't it? Like so many people go on a diet or a weight loss regime and all they focus about is their weight. Your weight does not dictate your health to a very large degree. Do you know what? I see people from all walks of life. I see. So for example, yesterday I had a client, she's six foot size eight. She looks the picture of health. She's not eating. 
she's got very destructive eating patterns um almost virgin on anorexia and but to the ideal world she looks the picture of health however i then have another woman who's possibly maybe a size 16 she's got really great healthy habits um and she's working towards her weight loss goals she you know does yoga she swims she has the most amazing nutrient rich diet but to look at her people may say you know very nasty things i myself have been called fat numerous times and it's just like oh, i'm probably the healthiest i've ever been now and i'm probably the heaviest i've been for quite some time like I, I have been all kinds of sizes and shapes and yeah, I may have looked healthier when I was not eating and over-exercising or taking diet pills or whatever, but I was not healthy. So when we attribute our weight to our worth, it's, it's destructive because uh, the goal for me should always be health. Like how much energy have you got? Do you wake up in the morning, you know, with enough energy to see you through the day? Or are you struggling to get out of bed? So many women are wired but tired. They wake up with caffeine. They go to bed with wine to knock themselves out. And it's just so unhealthy. We just need to, instead of focusing on weight loss, focus on how to be as healthy as you possibly can. And so many people think that you have to be, God, I can talk, can't I? Maybe I should come up for air for a minute. We, we focus on you know, how, how much weight you can lose. And if we focus on being as healthy as we can, the weight will naturally come off in time. Yeah. Because yeah. so many people think we have to be, um, we have to lose weight to be healthy, but actually we have to be healthy to lose weight. Yeah. That's my perception on it. Absolutely. And I find that, I find that, uh, yeah, I'll let you have a little drink now, get your breath back. Um, <laughs> I, I find that, I, I train in a gym once a week uh, with a client because I'm a personal trainer as well, but I'm not a typical personal trainer. I don't think I, I've got a very lean physique. I'm not your personal trainer. That's got these huge, like Johnny Bravo chest muscles and biceps and, and my calves are kind of non-existent. I think 12 year old girls have probably got bigger calves than I have, but I find I have to explain myself. So when they say, Oh, you're a PT, you don't look like a PT. Well, I'm not a normal PT. I'm, I focus on internal health more than external health and where they're training the mirror muscles and they're going out there and they're, 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 they look good. Don't get me wrong. A lot of the guys do look good, but then they'll go out and they'll eat hamburgers, pizzas, chips, kebabs, because they've got to eat 6,000 calories a day and stuff like this. I'm not like that. I'm going home eating virtually a vegan diet and I'm staying lean. I'm staying healthy. I'm fit on the inside. And that's what matters to me. But I have to, I feel I have to justify myself sometimes and explain why I'm doing that. And, and your analogy there of like, being probably the heaviest you've ever been, but the healthiest you've ever been is, is huge yeah. because the more women who could understand that, that what they see in the mirror is not a reflection of, of their own health. If we can get them to understand that more often, the whole world will be a happier and healthier place. Oh, I just really agree. And, and it's, it, it's quite, I think sometimes it, it, I do find it challenging um, to kind of put myself out there sometimes because I know that the backlash will be, will be that you know i'm i actually qualified as a personal trainer in february as well and i'm i'm not that stereotypical i'm never going to look great in a crop top and leggings my belly's really not my best feature neither am i don't worry about it i <laughs> i um but it's for me it's not about that but sometimes portraying that to people when because lots of people come to me thinking they want weight loss when actually what they want is to feel good 
have more energy, feel happier and more body confident. So they'll come to me for weight loss and they can have weight loss if that's what they want. If that's what they really truly want, they'll get it. But actually, most people, they see me, they change their relationships, they change their jobs, like all these other things that they didn't even really know were the problem. That's kind of what, so the gateway to me is, the gateway to me is what women think they want. And then when they come to me, they realize what they actually want. So sometimes it's, not, you know, it's what you think you want and what you actually need. They're two different things. And that's kind of how, how I work really. Yeah. I, I love it when people have that moment where they realize and, and they come to me and they say, well, I've not lost any weight for the last three or four weeks, but I've lost six inches off my waist. I've got more energy. I'm sleeping better. I'm having wonderful sex with my partner again. And all these other things are changing, but I'm really miserable because I've not lost any weight. Why are you miserable? You've just looked <laughs> all these wonderful things, but you're tying your happiness to what the scale says. Why on earth are you doing that? Oh yeah, I know. And it's really great. So I sometimes have clients email me and they're like, you know what, Kirsty, I've realized that actually I'm feeling now how I wanted to feel. And I thought I needed to have lost two and a half stone and I'm, I'm 10 pounds down. Or I had a woman that came to see me and she was like, you know what, I haven't actually lost any weight, but I can now run 10 K in, in an hour. And I've got this much energy and I'm doing this, but she's like, I haven't lost any weight, but it's okay because I've done all these things and I've actually realized it's not about the weight. It's, it's really not. It, it makes you so happy though, as a coach, when they have that epiphany and they realize that, doesn't it? So happy. I can't tell you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've been there. So I, I, I never knew you qualified as a personal trainer, but that's new for me. Um, <laughs> I was, was going to ask you what you did for exercise. So what, what is your favorite sort of movement? Are you a yoga person? Do you go into the gym? Do you do a bit of running or do you just do it? Well, like? obviously I have my golden retriever. So my morning ritual is when I'm at home, I get up, walk my dog and then I walk her again in the evening. I've got a woods by my house. So I walk in the woods in the morning and I normally take her to the beach. And that for me is like kind of my calming, really relaxing time. I love doing weights in the gym. I do a lot of um, resistance training. Um, I occasionally dip into having my own personal trainer. Um, I sometimes find it's really good to just kind of mix stuff up and learn how different people do things. I also have an app on my phone that gives me different routines to follow. I mix it all up. I do a bit of classes sometimes if I'm, I'm I sometimes can be a bit lazy when I go to the gym after about half an hour. I'm like, oh, I'm sweating now. I've had a good workout. I can go home. So I occasionally have to push myself to go to a class because I'll stay for the whole 45 minutes or I'll like stay for the whole hour again. So I love swimming. I like horse riding. Um, I, I kind of like I walk lots of places. Um, yeah, I'm a natural fidgeter. I can barely sit still. So I'm always on the move of some description. Yeah, that's good. Take take it as the mood takes you, right? Eh? That's really yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I, I'm red. Go on, sorry. Sorry. And when I was in my in my miserable depressive state, I used to force myself to do uh, an aerobics DVD every day because I didn't want to take antidepressants. Not that I think there's anything wrong with anyone that took them, but for me, I knew that I wasn't biochemically depressed. I was depressed because of my life circumstances and what the hand I'd been dealt. Um, so I used to make myself do this aerobics DVD. I can't remember the name of the woman now. It was such a good DVD. It's literally like the, the, the most eighties DVD. It was like one of my mum's ones or something. And I, I can't, what's, um, Be she's Beverly the something? sorry, 
Beverly something. I remember there being like Yes, a... it's her. And she's wearing like lycra and like, you know, the kind of like bikini thing over it. It's but it's brilliant because it's like half an hour of cardio, 20 minutes or half an hour of weights or whatever. And it literally, I used to put it on and I would, however miserable I was feeling, I would make myself do this at least three times a week, every day if I could. And um, I, I just always notice the difference when I, when I exercise and when I don't. I always take a gym kit and weights with me. I mean, whether I use them or not is debatable, but I always take them with me. Um, yeah, I think, I think working out and moving your body is so important. And I also think it doesn't need to be as structured as we think. You know what, if you don't like going to the gym, don't go to the gym, but dance or even if dance around your kitchen or whatever it is that makes you happy, just find that form and, and do it. Yeah. yeah, obviously I'm the same as you. I've got the golden retriever and I, you know, mornings and evenings around the lakes for me and, and around the fields, that's, that's my medicine as well. But Brett, who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, he says movement is medicine for exactly that reason. It gets the yeah. endorphins flowing, gets the good hormones flowing. You, All right, when you're really sad and depressed, maybe you don't feel it so much. Maybe maybe when you... Rosemary Connolly, was that it? Was that uh, it wasn't here. It was... Um... It was Beverly, someone or other. Okay. Yeah, not that I'm like an expert on 80s exercise DVDs or anything. But, but um, I have got one of Rosemary's and it's very good. I met her once as well. But anyway, I won't, I won't <laughs> take you away from your chat. Um, you already have. I've forgotten what I was saying. <clears throat> <laughs> so yeah, you, you get out and you move a bit more and it just makes you feel so much better. And when, when you're depressed and you're sad, you might not feel like it. You forced yourself to do it, but you don't know how miserable you would have felt if you wasn't doing that that might have been the thing that was just keeping you ticking over and getting them hormones flowing even without you knowing it and movement is medicine as brett says and it's it's such a good saying because getting out yeah. fresh air as well getting out getting just walking your dog switching your phone off going for a nice walk maybe meeting a couple of people playing with other dogs and stuff it's just it's so good for your soul how good is playing with a dog for your soul so you go out on a walk and you see, we're lucky because we've got the best looking dogs in the world but you see <laughs> other dogs and you go oh they're so lovely and and mine's like a local celebrity. Everyone wants to come to him. Everyone wants to see him. And he gets recognized before I do around the street because he's so, <laughs> he's so much into my business. Everyone's like, oh, I thought I recognized that dog. I'm like, yeah, okay, thanks. I'm, I'm over here, like, you know. But, yeah. And it was funny, like, when I first got my dog, um, everyone would just, like, keep talking to me. I was like, who even knew that having a dog was such a social thing? So everyone's like, hiya, oh, how old is she? How do I, what do you feed her? Where'd you get your lead from? Where's that from? Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> It is. Okay, so we've talked about exercise. A couple of other things I want to bring in. I don't, I don't know if you meditate or not at this stage, but, but I do. And from meditation took me to mindfulness practice um, and breathing techniques as well, which is something that is not talked about that much. Uh, me and Brett talked about it last, well, on a few episodes ago, but it's really, really important. And how much does breathing, if you focus on your breathing, does it calm you down? I've been out when I've been stressed, when I've been even walking Oscar or driving a car, just a little bit of box breathing for like 30 seconds just calms me down so quickly. Have you read my ebook? You've talked about breathing. Have you read I, my ebook? I have, but that was actually oh, on my yeah, list of questions before. Coming out. Come on now, have you read it? Because I talk about breathing in it. Yeah, I talk about I talk about breathing all the time. We were talking about it on the podcast episode before you, so you can't say it's because of your ebook. But yes, I did read your ebook. Oh, good. Yes, I'm um, a. I do meditate. B. I do believe. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 
very mindful or sometimes I like to think I am. And I believe that breath is super important, particularly when it comes to stress, anxiety, depression and weight loss. So the way that we breathe can, can really tell our bodies whether we're in panic mode, uh, the way that we breathe in, how, how fast we're breathing in and out, that can really signify different changes within our body. So yes, I, I um, am aware of this and it's something that I teach to my clients as well. First thing in the morning, we want to inhale. And when you're inhaling, most of us breathe the wrong way in the West. And I know you, that may even sound strange, like how can you breathe wrong? So when we breathe in, we suck our bellies in. Well, actually, when we're breathing in, we want to, our lungs to fill up. So we want to be pushing air down and in so our belly should be coming out. And then when we breathe in out, our belly should deflate because the air's being expelled. So yes, that's something that I think is super important. It is. And like you say there, the breathing techniques, I know a lot of people would be listening to that and thinking exactly as you said, how can you breathe wrong? But my image is, is always of my dad when he would breathe in because he's, he's quite a big guy and he would do that. He'd take his big deep breath in and he'd suck his gut in and it would go up under his ribs. That, that's not what you need to be doing. But, uh, but yeah. having people like you to, to educate your clients is, is really important because it's, it's one of the most simplest things you can do. And, and morning and night, and like I say, driving a car, if you get stressed, walking your dog, sitting down now, I could sit, because you, like, there's long periods where I don't talk in this podcast, so I could sit here and I could, I could breathe for quite a while and I could be nice and centred and calm. If I meditate before the podcast, it brings me in a different, it brings a different me to the podcast And if I turned up and I sort of skidded into the chair and I was rushed and panicked, I show up totally differently. Yeah, you know what? I uh, for me, I use I use meditation as a way to change my mood. So if I have trouble sleeping, I'll meditate before bed. If I'm feeling anxious or whatever, I I do use different me- and I use guided meditations as well. So I will literally go on to YouTube, type in meditations for sleep or meditations for whatever it is, and and listen to them so louise hay or hayes i can't remember if it's hay or hayes um i love her meditations dr wayne dyer i think he's amazing um it was his book that actually changed my life when i was feeling really depressed he has a book called your erroneous zone so it talks about the error of your thinking it's a phenomenal book i recommend it to everyone especially if you um haven't programmed your mind properly it can really help you and my dog's now come and see me, so I've completely lost all training. <laughs> right, they, they tend to do that to you. So, <laughs> a needy female, that's fine. There she is. She's lovely. I know, I know I'm saying she's lovely. I know people are listening, they can't see her, but she's just, oh, she, she is beautiful. She is very beautiful. She does she's get a lot of compliments on her looks. Yeah, so, so does Oscar. Dogs are like their owners, you know. That, that's exactly what I say. I say. That's where he gets his good looks from. It's certainly where he gets his big ears from. I, I know that. So, um, yeah, the. Wayne Dyer, particularly, if people are listening to this now, go on YouTube and, and watch some of his talks because there's lots of talks on YouTube, little snippets of his talks and stuff. And he, he's, he puts things in such a way that you can't help but pay attention. I think the way I liken it is that I know what he's telling me and, and I've got the thoughts in my head already, but he reorganizes things in my mind in a certain way that just makes it click. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Honestly, I love his, I love his talks. Have you watched The Secret? Yes. What's your verdict of that? Um, poor production levels. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the message, okay, so maybe not the, the, mes- the message. Is, the message is 
brilliant as far as I'm concerned. It's something that I've talked about a lot. The law of attraction is, is very real. Um, people don't understand. Um, we talk about manifestation in, in part one or two, but it's so true. And, and Anna Marsh talked about it as well. You can manifest your own thoughts. If you're constantly walking around going, I'm, I'm not going to get this and I'm not going to get this job and I'm never going to earn the money I want and I'm never going to get the relationship I want. Do you know what? You're probably not going to get it because you've given off the wrong energy, the wrong vibe. And if you go out and you go, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, because you go out and you're more, more proactive, you're going to get the job because you're going to be more proactive in applying for the job. Can I tell you a really cool manifestation story? Go on then. Okay, so I, when I was studying nutrition, I always wanted to be on this morning. I don't know why, I just wanted to be on this morning. And I kept telling people when I was doing nutrition, so people would be like, oh, so, you know, what area do you want to focus in? And I was like, I want to be a nutritionist on this morning. And everyone would just laugh at me as they always do, whatever I say, all the crazy things that I say. And I've literally been telling people I was going to be on this morning for about seven years. And I'm not sure if you've seen many of my branding shoots, but I have a red dress on in that. And every time I would visualize myself being on this morning, I would see myself in that red dress on this morning and um, I was going to London last year I was going to do a presentation for a cereal company about you know different grains and stuff they could add in and anyway I, I it was a really big deal for me to be asked to go to London to present them this stuff so I'd worked I'd worked for about a month like organizing this PowerPoint presentation I'd researched it I was on my on the train going to London to do it. I had my red dress packed in my bag because I was going to do this presentation and that's like my standard. I, I, have a, I literally have about 10 red dresses, but anyway, I was wearing this particular red dress. And I had a phone call saying, Case, would you like to be on this morning tomorrow? And I was like, hold up. Absolutely. Do I want to be on this morning? And anyway, the producers rang me and it, and, and it turned out I was going to be on, I was going to be live on this morning the next day. However, in that moment of being on the train, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to be on TV tomorrow. What am I going to wear? And I was like, I can't wear my red dress. And, and I spent, I, after I'd done this presentation, I then went around all the shops trying to find like the perfect outfit to wear. And obviously I couldn't find anything. And then I got to the hotel and I was like, Kirst, of course you're going to be wearing your red dress. You've visualized this moment for seven years of your life. Of course, you're going to be on TV in the red dress because that's, that's what you've visualized for like so many years. And yeah, that's, 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 quite a, that's one of my visualization stories. So I just, and I've got so many moments like that. So I know you asked, um, I've, I'm not sure if you asked on the show or when we were chatting previously, like how did you get to speak at Jamie Oliver's big food festival? Yeah. I went there with my friend one year and I was so annoyed. And I was like, how are all these people doing what I want to do? And I was like, well, because they're probably doing it. You're not. You're just like sitting in your bedroom thinking about it. And um, when these two Welsh girls, they were half Italian, half Welsh, were talking on this stage. And I was literally just green with envy watching them thinking, I want to be doing that. And I made my friend take a picture on me of of me on the stage after they'd left the stage and I vowed that I was going to be there this time next year and um, you know when you when you put it out there and you believe it's possible you start to create the circumstance that it can come about so yeah just really holding that vision and allowing yourself to take action to, to get to that place as well yeah that's that's an amazing story and yeah like you said you're going to be 
opening the stage at a Jamie Oliver event, which is which is fantastic. And being on being on this morning, which is which was your dream, and and you got there. And was it everything you wanted it to be? Well, I'd like to go back. I'd like to have a little segment on there, please. Cooking. Can I do that? <laughs> Put it out there. Who knows? Yes. Who knows yeah. what will happen? Manifestation is great, but you you do have to take some action. Um, and Chris Akabusi, I'll, I'll give you my quick story just before we wrap up now. My manif- manifestation. <laughs> I met Chris Akabusi when I was walking the dog. Um, and I'm, I've met famous people before and I, I'm never one to go up. And say, oh, can I have a selfie? Can I have your autograph and stuff? And I just leave him be. And particularly because Chris was running. I, I didn't want to disrupt him. It's like, he's a former Olympic athlete. He's running. I'm not going to go. I'm just going to get out of his way. Like, and he stopped and he spoke to me and spoke to my friend. And, and he was really nice. And I met him a few times after that. And I was sitting when I was, when I was telling you off, off air that, that the video series I'd done. And Chris was one of the first people I spoke to. And I thought, I'm never, am I ever going to get Chris Akabusi on my, on my podcast, on my video series? Do you know what? I'm going to give it a go. And I, I sent him the message and he read the email and he went, yeah, it feels right. I'm going to do it. And he spoke on the, on the podcast about it. And he said, because you had a, had, a, had a dream and you put it out there, exactly as you just said, and you took action, he said to him, it just felt right. And, and he done it. And if I didn't take that action, I could dream about it all I like. But unless I actually sent him the email, it's not always going to happen. So that positivity and that, that manifestation takes you to places it would never have taken you before. Yeah, I love that. Really love that. I if anyone heavy, heavy, heavy breathing in the background, can I just let them know it's my dog, not me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, she's, she's there again. She's, she's lovely. Okay, well, she's, she's come to say goodbye. That's, that's the end of... Um, part three for us um i'm sure i'm sure you could probably do a part four if i just like let you talk i'm sure we could get a part four out of you but uh we'll let you go because she's getting she's getting a bit needy bless her and oscar needs to walk as well to go to the beach now yeah yeah thank you so much for having me on i've had a great time chatting to you it's been brilliant it has it's been uh, it's been great thank you for coming on thank you take care what a way to wrap up the week there part three there with Kirsten fantastic fantastic insights this week I've absolutely loved it and and who knows if we're really lucky maybe Kirsten will come back on in the future and and share some more insights with us one thing that's come up this week with my own clients which is tied in really well with everything Kirsten said is the subject of responsibility Kirsten throughout these three episodes has talked a lot about things that have gone wrong for her in life things that have um even if they've not gone wrong, things she would never have chosen to have happen to her in her life. But the key is Kirsten has responded to these situations in the best way possible. She admits that sometimes it was very tough. Sometimes it took her a long while to react in the best possible way, but react in the best possible way is exactly what she's done. And it's not her fault that some of these things have happened to her in her life, you know, but what is important is how she's responded. And it's her responsibility 100% of the time how she reacts to these situations. And she's done it fantastically well. This goes across the board to, to absolutely everybody. My clients I've talked to this a lot about this week that, yes, things happen in life. Things that we would never, ever choose to have happen to us in our life. And we can't change that. That's not our fault. The only thing that matters from this point on is how we respond to them situations and it's our responsibility to respond in the best way possible as an example it's not our fault that we might have been in an abusive relationship in the past but it is absolutely 100% our responsibility to not let that past relationship affect future relationships 
Maybe you're carrying an illness or an injury which isn't your fault and maybe that limits what you can eat and the amount of exercise you can do. That is really tough if that's the case but it is still 100% your responsibility what goes in your mouth. Everything in life is a choice and choices are 100% your responsibility. Nobody makes the choices except for you so that is your responsibility. So there's three things that come into play here. Responsibility, choices and respect. If you have respect for your body, you make better choices. And every single choice you make in life is your responsibility 100%. Nobody else will make them choices for you. Yes, there's things in life that will go wrong. A loved one will die. Nobody wants that to happen. It's a fact of life that it will happen at some point. And we can't change that. The only thing we can change is how we respond to that. And that is totally our responsibility. So just step away and think that Every time something goes wrong in your life, you can't alter that. Maybe that goes wrong and that is totally out of your control. The only thing that is in your control and is always in your control is your responses. And that is your responsibility. Them choices you make after something goes wrong is 100% down to you. If you get stuck in victim mentality of this is always happening to me. Why does this always happen to me? Woe is me. This is always my life then you're on a very slippery slope and it's going to be very hard to dig yourself out of that. The minute you start to take responsibility for situations and then you start to make better choices is the moment your life turns around. Now, coming up in the next couple of weeks, we've got another two beautiful ladies coming on the podcast. Next week, we have a young actress from London by the name of Kira Bay. She's going to talk about the the health and fitness side of being an actor. Um, It's a great opportunity for me. I've always wanted to talk to an actor on the podcast and and to actually ask some of the questions um, that I wanted to know from behind the scenes, not just around health and fitness, but just some sort of like insider knowledge really of acting. It's just, it's a really good couple of episodes. Um, And there's a lot of stuff Kira talks about that I had no clue about from within the industry. It's amazing how hard actors and actresses work. I had no clue before I spoke to Kira. And then coming up the week after that, we have Pollyanna Hale from the Fit Mum Formula. And we're going to get a little bit techie. We're going to go back to the science of weight loss. We're going to start talking about energy expenditure and calories. And we're going to get right to the nitty gritty of how, how easy it can be to lose weight if you get the science behind it right. So stay tuned for them two weeks. We're going to have a great couple of weeks, guys. Please head over, subscribe, rate and review the podcast if you get a minute. It's really appreciated. Like I say, my guests love to know that the value they're putting out is reaching people and is valuable. So that's that's a really great help if you can do that. Other than that, guys, have a great few days off. We're going to come back next week, talk to Kira Bay. But please have a great weekend. Stay safe, take care, and we'll speak to you again next week. <laughs>